We are back with episode whatever of the Grease Fire podcast. The title is tentative, but it's what we're rolling with right now. So we're going to try to do it in a little bit different format that we've done in the past. We're going to try to squeeze a few topics, very interesting things, into about an hour. If it goes a little bit longer, then so be it. Uh, but here we are. So Hayden has a few uh, things that he wants to talk about. We're going to finish out with a good thing uh, on my list, but let's get started. Okay, so... I have like three different things I want to talk about, and they're kind of all correlated, but not really. So the first one I have is origins of consciousness. So like, uh, what do you think the origins of human consciousness are? You know, that if it was an easy answer, then it wouldn't have been debated for the last 3,000 years and probably prior to that. So I don't know. I don't know. I think at some point, if you go back and back and back and you're talking evolutionarily, Back, imagine the most basic life form, and I'm a bit ignorant on what I'm talking about here, but at, at some point you're just talking chemical reactions, right? And, and things react to the environment, and so you have things you know, responding to external stimuli. Richard Dawkins has a really interesting thing on maybe how the eye would have developed and evolved. Mm-hmm. Super interesting. So at, at some point you, you have to cross that threshold of... Is or isn't conscious? Yeah, and it's probably more of a gradient than anything. I mean, you can see that in life today, where you have really, really complex life, like, I don't know, pick a a, a cat, something like that. That would be complex life. Does a cat have consciousness? You know? I mean... I think consciousness is probably more of a gradient, and it's more of a... uh, Well, a cat operates purely on instinct. Sure. So, does free thought constitute consciousness? Uh, free thought, free will, making plans, uh, acting not based on instinct, but on something else akin to morals. I don't know. Uh, I mean, that's, that's the question, right? Like, how do you define life? That's an interesting question. There, how, how do you define life? Anything that's living. So, it's like, the question is, what living things have consciousness? And as of now, the only answer we can actually definitely say is humans. Primates pose an interesting uh, uh, topic. I mean, because clearly, you know, they can they can exhibit signs of love, and they get sad. You know, watch an elephant too; they get sad and happy, and when they see people that they know. So, on some level, those are more conscious than you would say the cat would be. Um, well, a cat gets happy when he sees you. Yeah, sure, but a cat doesn't have that complex. Like primates, obviously, can use tools. They can really, they can do high level thinking. Dolphins are a great example of that. Elephants are a great example of that. That's why I'm saying it's probably more of a gradient than it is a, you flip the switch and now you're conscious. There's clearly something between the number one, if if you want to say it's a gradient, there's, there's something between the number one most conscious being humans and the number two most conscious being whatever the next one is. Yeah. What is that? That's what I'm asking. Well, like, because if you find the difference, if you find what's missing from one and not in the other, that'll give you a further hint as to what the origins of it is. So the best theory that I know of, like, this is not exactly the same thing, but, you know, imagine the difference between hunter-gatherer humans back in the day and farmers and, and things like that. Once you started to develop more complex civilization, I think part of that is language. 
language allows you to pass down your your learnings and thoughts and and things from generation to generation so you can teach your kids mm. you can teach the next generation what you did correctly and what you maybe you failed on so language the development of language is one of those key things that that must have been vital for the development of intelligence without language i mean you can't no, do much more nothing than can be communicated correct yes. i mean so that's one key differentiator between us and any other species on Earth. Yeah. Hmm. Other, I feel, I feel like that's a part of it. I feel like there's more to it. Sure, it's not just language. it's not just language, right? It's not just that. I mean, why did Homo sapiens win the battle of you know hominids? It's the it's the ability to exist in large quantities peacefully. So that's probably part of it. Uh, one of the other working theories. Uh, and this makes sense to me, is that we were a light and an agile species versus Neanderthals versus some of the other ones. Um, we had to hunt in packs. Neanderthals may have been able to hunt uh, in some much smaller groups, but our ability was that we could run an animal until it was really tired, and then we could kill it. You know, we could chase a, uh, we could chase a deer. Eventually, it's going to get tired. We have a, an innate ability for stamina and endurance. And, you know, we weren't the strongest, the biggest. We, we weren't the most physically superior, but there was something else. The that, most cunning. That, yeah, there, there was something that allowed us to, to... We're actually pretty fragile, you know, when you think about it. So something like that allowed us to come out of the trees and off the plains and develop some sort of society. I don't know what that is. I think that's one of them is has got to be cunning and the ability to work in pairs to, or in, in larger groups probably yeah it's so hunting would have been a uh like a, a primal team building exercise so sure. like yeah, same as playing a sport today everybody you come off the basketball court in like eighth grade you've been playing for three years and then everybody's like crying in the locker room because they played the last game that was not me i did not play sports but i've heard stories that was me for sure <laughs> so like i don't that brotherhood would just make like you would want to take care of everybody, I guess. So is is innate empathy? Is that part of it? I think it's just more about survival. So imagine, you know, you're in a group of 300 and all you have time to do every day is to hunt and eat. The people that were the fastest and had the ability to communicate, whether, I mean, maybe language wasn't developed at this time, but... It, Certainly, we had the facilities for it. We see modern humans, you know, about 200,000 years old. So we certainly had the capability for language and the physical, everything needed in the body for language. Don't know if there was language or not. But anyway, language would have been vital in hunting, you know, in some form of communication so we could organize chasing this deer, you know. So I think that probably... Hmm. The need to, to eat and to survive. I don't think it was empathy, but it was more, uh, okay, we, we can't kill this rhino by ourselves. So if we all want to eat, we're all going to have to team up. We're going to take 10 of us to go hunt this rhino and chase him down and kill him. We are a social species. Absolutely. So like you don't exist as one. You exist as many. Uh, and that's where tribalism come in, comes in, mm -hmm. which in the modern day, that would just be nationalism. Uh, and then in some extreme cases, obviously, legitimate, like, racism but 
Yeah, I don't know. That's a that's an interesting question. I don't know enough about it. Uh, I'm sure there are a lot of working theories that I'm not uh, I'm not familiar with that would probably have probably shed some better insight on that. Well, the most the most popular theory is that it came from an omniscient being. Yes, that's the most popular and widely accepted. Not in like scholars or anything, but about just people around the world. Probably, yeah. I, I think that I mean there there is a case to be made for that. I don't know that that I would subscribe to that, but there's definitely well, a case for sure. No matter how they put the case for it, it's always like, well, what else could it be? That's all it is. That's every case because nobody else has come to something that has been concrete, even though the concept of a higher power is not concrete. Well, that's that's the thing that kind of bothers me is because just because you don't know and because we have not yet explained it doesn't mean that the only other explanation could be a god. No, right? but it is highly psychologically. Uh, useful and helpful to just instead of having that question bearing on you at all times uh, and taking up a percentage of your energy just to willingly accept a different alternative as the definite answer and then you never have to think about it again I don't think that question bears on you I think it's extremely interesting it is but extremely interesting things bear on you but it's like Depending on how interested you are in the tu- in the subject, uh, that'll correspond to how how much of your time and mental energy you put into trying to figure it out. It'll change your daily behaviors. I don't see. I this is something I'm super interested in, but I don't think it has to put you into a pit of despair just because you don't know the answer. Not a pit of despair. Just it, it weighs on you. It doesn't weigh on me. It weighs on me. I think it's it's one of those things that, I mean, if you're being honest with yourself, and I, I think this is the most honest approach that you can take to religion or, you know, evolution, things like this, all you can say honestly is that you don't know. I mean, you can say, we, we can have a lot of working theories. We can have things that make sense. But at the end of the day, you can't be 100% certain about that unless you, you know, you find some really corroborating evidence, which would be tough in the development of consciousness, I don't think that's something you're ever going to find. Great segue into my next topic, which is the effects of psychedelics on consciousness. I bring this up specifically to talk about, uh, what's that dude's name? He was on the podcast I was watching the other day. Uh, Graham Hancock. Yeah, Just for, as an aside, uh, Graham Hancock has an absolutely fantastic Netflix series. I forget the name of it. Let me look. We'll look it up in a minute, but it's, uh, it's very interesting. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so him... He was on that same podcast. He was talking about uh, some DMT trials that they were doing. And I forget where he said the lab was, but they would IV drip people DMT Mm -hmm. and make them stay in the trip for an hour straight in real time, not DMT time. Yeah. And to let themselves get a a footing in the new world that they were basically stepping into. Um, And uh, he said that they were reporting that a lot of the the people in the trials were coming out and reporting, meeting the same entities while on DMT in separate, completely separate experiences. Yeah, it's, I, I'm, I'm kind of glad that, that the stigma on psychedelic research is kind of lifting. You know, it's something that should be studied. Obviously, there are, there are profound effects that people have from these, from these experiences, and, you know, it, it, it got banned back in the day just because people didn't understand it and they were scared of it. But, yeah, this is pe- – people come out of trips 
having life-changing, life-altering experiences. And, and, and what happens is, is people will rank these trips as one of the top five most important events in their life ever, mm-hmm. up there with childbirth and, and up there with getting married. That's significant, you know, so that deserves some research of some kind. Yeah. I mean, based on all the, based on all the reports people are saying that the experiences they've had while on it and the sort of communal experiences that other people have, uh, it, it begs the question, what the fuck is going on? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to relate it like this. I mean, we all can take ibuprofen. And it has the same effect on us because it. this is how it works. It has a, a particular pathway in the brain and the body that allows it to kill your pain. So in that same sense, DMT probably has a similar effect on everyone, just like any other drug. So I would imagine, you know, DMT is responsible for hallucinations. Obviously, it's produced naturally in the body. If people take DMT, it's kind of to me to be expected that they would see similar things. Now... How you interpret those things and what they tell you, that probably has a little bit more to do with what's going on in your life and what you already know and what you think. But it does not surprise me that that people see the same thing. So no. you're telling me that it's just that's just how it is. That's how the drug is. When when uh, multiple different people take it on separate occasions, nowhere near each other, and see and report seeing uh, quote mechanical elves that are. Uh, um, like uh, have geometric patterns all over them, going in and out, and uh, and then report that they said the same thing to them. People, the elves say different things to different people. Sure, they might say some of the similar things, but you know, a lot of us have the same struggles in life. So this, to me, and again, this is with no knowledge, but this, I'm just trying to reason through this. Cocaine does a similar thing to everyone. You know, meth. I get I get the concept of how drugs work. Yeah. But I'm saying you're not even you're not even taking the time or or energy to to uh to entertain the concept that this might be something that's more than just entirely due to just the drug itself. What else could it be? That's the question. That's the fun question. That's the question that's interesting to talk about. That, yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting to talk about. I think that, you know, in, under a super controlled environment and on a super low dose, I might do it one day just to see. I think it would be interesting to kind of experience that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know that it's like opening a portal to another realm, you know. I, I think that would be nice. But I, so you, as you I've know, I'm a skeptic it, of most things. I've heard it described as it uh, elevated consciousness. So sure, you see things that you normally wouldn't see, but the next time you go back, it's all the fucking same the way it was. And other people have reported going to the same place, but it's like its own world. That look, if I ever did it, I'm going boss the wall like I'm going to be shot through the center of Jupiter. <laughs> like uh, that's if my you do only- it, you go all in. My only fear is that there are plenty of stories of people who do have bad trips on LSD. I haven't. I mean, DMT. I've I've heard people being scared, but uh, but uh, the 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 fear was not like an existential fear. Like I'm never gonna get out of here. It was more just like trying to wake them up. 
Yeah, what about what about the people who live months and months of a different life? That's scary. Eh. That would be absolutely terrifying. Not dude. really. You know why? Why? Because you know for a fact in 15 minutes you're going to wake up right where you were. I mean, do you though? People talk about they experience three months of time. Well, in this time, in our time, yeah. it is inevitable that in 15 minutes you'll wake up because it is nobody's ever overdosed on it. It's naturally metabolized everything. That's why it's 15 minutes because it goes back to baseline so fucking quick. So in 15 minutes, guaranteed real time, unless you get shot in the head, you're going to wake up right where you were. I understand that, but your perception to you, it's three months. So what if it was, it was several months of hell? Then you'd wake up with a really good lesson, I'm sure. It would suck. But so imagine, yeah, you had to go live three months in, in fucking Somalia right now. You just had to figure it out. That would be terrible. It would be terrible. But if you were guaranteed life through it, I mean, all I could see is, I mean, if you go in, here's what's going to happen with, with a lot of drugs that are psych, uh, psychedelics or even weed is a small psychedelic, like a really weak, low psychedelic. Uh, it, you, you get what you're expecting. Most of the time. Yeah. So, that, so if you're paranoid about weed and then you go smoke a fat joint, you're going to be staring out the windows because you're like, what the fuck is going on? But if you're like, bro, I'm just going to chill, vibe, play a game, you're going to be chilling and vibing and playing a game. Like, So if you're like, okay, I'm actually not going in here to see hell because I'm actually a sane person. So I'm going to go see what the fuck's going on. And then you go in and you see that and you're like, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, that kind of goes back to what I was saying, you know, Alcohol for a lot of people just amplifies their current personality. I don't know. I don't know what other drugs do, but that's my guess. That's my guess is that whatever is going on in your life, things that you are maybe you're subconsciously telling yourself, you know, man, I really need to get my shit together and and stop playing video games or, or whatever it is. You might be told that message. So is that really a, a different realm, or is that your subconscious? floating up to the top and now it's speaking to you is there a difference in in what a different world in the unconscious yes i disagree all of your normal dreams that you've ever dreamed have come from your unconscious from from a place you had no idea fucking existed and it's literally within you all times at all times so so when you go to sleep and you are transported into a creation of your subconscious uh it is an entirely different coherent world that adheres to story structure and uh, that your own brain builds like that, like nothing. And it goes through different scenarios to, for whatever reasons, and uh, for centuries, thousands of years, people have just, uh, they've learned from dreams because it's like you are telling yourself something that you know but you are not conscious of. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying is, I mean, dreams are obviously intriguing. They're very interesting. People can take away things from dreams. I mean, at this point, you're just kind of arguing semantics. Is it another world, another realm, or is it, to me, it's it's uh, an untapped, you know, vault with inside you that perhaps dreams and or psychedelics allow you to, to tap into? Either way, I think either option would be almost equally amazing. 
Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not doubting that. You know, obviously, like marijuana will kind of heighten your senses, heighten your introspection. Introspection is that a word? Um, allow you to be introspective more introspective thoughts. Yeah, uh, it, it will be a catalyst for more introspective thoughts and allow you to maybe reflect on yourself. I mean, I know you've had some positive benefits and mm-hmm. and things that just maybe you knew but you didn't really knew or you didn't really know and now you're you're telling yourself this and it really sticks for some whatever reason and you make a change. That's really cool. That's that's why I'm excited that hopefully, you know, but where does that come from? Where does where do those ideas come from? No. Where do well, yeah, like where did where do your thoughts come from? Thoughts bubble up from what? And everybody everywhere, if they have, okay, let's say, uh, let's say everybody takes DMT, whatever, have a crazy experience, and they all get told this same wonderful thing again, and it's so powerful that it, it, it literally kills your ego. It Your ego is gone no more. You are a different person when you come out, a better person 90% of the time. So where does that come from? If it's, if it's buried in each of our sub- subconsciouses, where did it come from? Where where does the inherent goodness, morality, uh, uh, empathy, all of these things, where like, is it solely, um, well, you know, fucking eighty thousand years ago, we hunted in packs. You know, so many of these things are way more complex than than we can even possibly cover. And I, and I see that, you know, without understanding a complete, you know, idea and a picture of that, it might seem almost divine. And I'm not saying it doesn't seem that way to me because it certainly does. But I think there are possible rational explanations for a lot of that. So I, I, in my opinion, I think uh, morality comes from at the most basic level, the golden rule. So, you know, you know, it's immoral to go steal and rape and kill because I wouldn't want somebody to do that to me or to anybody in my family. So what if acting out of self-preservation? Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's the thing that has driven evolution forever. Self-preservation. So I really think that's still a, a, a common thing today. I, I think that drives a lot of those things. And so Perhaps if you're in a dream or you're in a psychedelic experience, uh, maybe that allows you to kind of drown out the noise of all your problems and worries for a little bit, and it takes the fog away, and you're uh, the only thing that's left is you inside. So you stop focusing externally, and you stop thinking about everything around you, and you your all of your senses 100% are directed internally. So you start thinking and turning, and you know this is this could make my life better if I worked out, you know. Blah, blah, blah. I need to stop being so... I don't need to worry about money as much. You know, it's not about materialistic things. That's not ever going to make me happy. Hedonism is a, a bottomless black hole. These are things that you already know. And a lot of the benefits that you said you have experienced are things you already knew, but you have approached them now in a different way that's allowed you to to understand them much more effectively. Maybe that's it. It... <clears throat> maybe it it yeah something along what you're saying but maybe it lowers your inhibitions so much that you're able to kills your ego basically uh and then you are examining yourself 
in a heightened uh, uh, conscious state. So, so what you get seems divine because when you come back, you have absolutely no idea where it came from. But what if, what if the drug literally just kills your ego and then uh, your natural processes take over? I think that, so for 99% of everybody's life, you are thinking and existing in one mental state, right? You're driving along highway, whatever. When you have a psychedelic experience, you know, again, it drowns out all the external noise, but it allows you to have, you know, examine everything that's in your, in your brain from a different angle. But you don't know you're examining it. it that's the thing. It, 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 it all comes to you in a wave, seemingly brought on directly by the drug you take. You're not, you're not just going through it. You're not just like sorting it out one by one. It, it all comes to you at once. Like it's a realization. It's an epiphany. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I agree with that. What I'm saying is m- perhaps what that drug or that dream does is, you know, you're standing on one side of the fence and now you just, because you take the drug, you walk over to the other side of the fence. Yes, but the point is you're not conscious of the walking. No, you're not. The drug does that. That's what I'm saying. The yeah, dream or the but, drug does that. And it allows you to to but, look at things from a different angle. But you're you're missing some of it. Some of what I'm saying. So it's like all of that. Why? Why how? what? Why what? Why and how are my questions. Why? Does the drug just immediately grant you uh, a third eye opening? What is the third eye opening? How does it open? That's what I'm trying. So, okay, my answer to that question is because, you know, when somebody tells you something like you've been trying to figure something out or you've been trying to work a problem out in school or whatever, and you just can't get it, you've been doing it and you've been doing it, and somebody explains it to you and it clicks, boom, you got it. For whatever reason, like there's that light bulb moment that pops in your head. Oh, that makes sense, right? When you take the drug, that's what I'm saying. The answer to your question is the reason that that happens is because... Duh, it's because you took a drug. No, yes. no, 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 no. The reason that it, it comes to you in a, real, a realization like that is because you are now putting yourself into the 1% of time in your whole life where you're thinking this way. This way is the only way you can understand some things like that. Yes. I, I'm weird. Yes, we're in agreement on this. What I'm saying is it exists within your brain and then it exists within like three plants that you can actually extract it from. Okay. One of them is popular in northern Africa. Where is that? Oh, it's the origin of the Abrahamic religions. Okay. So, and countless other uh, pagan religions. So, It just, ah, it's it's deeper than, okay, they took a drug and then boom, this happens. It's like, it goes into the forming of society as a whole, the forming of religions, the forming of uh, consciousness itself, because a lot of people, uh, they, they've proposed the theory that maybe humans got the, the, the capacity to communicate in languages from psychedelics, because it somehow, some way, opens up a bunch of shit that you didn't know you fucking knew, and then there you go. It seems divine because nobody can really explain where all that shit's coming from. Well, the drug did it. Well, why the fuck did the drug do that specifically? 
I mean, at the most, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. At the most basic level, it's just it's simply how that that drug affects our brain. That, well, that's what happens. You don't just need to know. Well, where does the DMT go in the brain, and what and uh, what neurons does it fire? Yes, we know that. Or we can we know, but that's not the only like. Well, DMT is somehow just a direct link to God or some shit, and then when you take it, you know everything. It's it doesn't. It can't. It cannot just be explained away that simply. That's not the answer. I agree. So then, what are you saying? I'm not saying that I know the answer. I'm just proposing that. You know, if you if you never look at your own self, if you never look at yourself from that particular angle, you would never be able to understand some things it's, that you could only see from that exactly. angle. Exactly. That's the profundity of it. So you're that's you okay. Look, you if you never take this drug in your life, you'll never see things this way, and this way is objectively better because everybody who fucking takes it comes out and they say it's a goddamn religious experience. That is profound. That is profound. That this drug will do that to you. Yes. Okay. So, and it is profound that you will see something from another way that is objectively better and is described as divine. Mm -hmm. So, it cannot just be explained. Well, it'll make you see something from a different way. It's like yeah, but why? Why that way specifically? I don't know. Why that effect of this drug specifically? Why is it already in your? Uh, why is it already already in your brain? It's in your fucking DNA to take this shit and accept it, and, and use it. But it's fucking why? I don't know. I mean, that would be a very interesting question to have the answer to, for sure. But I I, I think that's one of the most compelling theories as to how religions developed early on in society because i mean imagine you eat an acacia tree you know and you have that experience what else would you or eating fucking mushrooms or yeah. burning sage salvia burning salvia what else what would they you... they would literally burn salvia and swing them around in churches as like the like you know how they burn sage and mm -hmm. shit and it smells good originated burning salvia so they would all have fucking it's insanely strong psychedelic experiences while they're worshiping a god that they uh, came up with either on the psychedelic or off of the psychedelic. And it that uh, the power of suggestion and the power of psychedelics create actual religious experiences that people believe wholeheartedly because it literally happened to them and they had no way to explain it. Yeah, that is incredible. And that's why I'm I, that's why I agree with you when you said we need to absolutely ramp up all study of these things. All day, every day, have like 50,000 labs open testing this shit. We need to know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, it's just recently, probably in the last couple of years, become uh, non-taboo to research these things. So hopefully we'll see some developments, you know, from that. I mean, that would be super interesting to to uh, to see. I don't, I don't know that it'll, it will ever be legal, you know, for a long time. It'll um, be medically legal. It's already medically legal in New York. You can get fucking ketamine trials. Not trials, ketamine treatments for depression. Is ketamine DMT? No, ketamine is a fucking, I think it was originally a horse tranquilizer. But it's okay. an extreme psychedelic. Yeah, so it's strange to me to just, like, explain it like, okay, let's just, this drug just does that. Like, yeah, it does that. That's the whole fucking point. It's so crazy. Like, we should be looking into it more. We should. That that's the that's a big argument a lot of people have for an actual divine being somewhere in the universe is because this 
you can there's a little mushroom you eat it and you're on a different planet but that planet is obviously inside of your own head or created by the facilities that you house within your head uh people say it's a link to a different place I don't fucking know. I've never taken it. I don't fucking know. I think the only way to accurately discuss this without just being like, okay, yeah, you're just crazy. You know, I think experiencing it would be have, would have to be something that you do. Probably. I mean, it, you know, you can't speak about, you don't know what drunk being drunk feels like until you get drunk. And well, there's yeah, no way you could saying. comprehend that idea. Yeah. So I would agree with that. I don't think I would ever do mushrooms. Um, I would. You know, I'm, I am very wary of that. I mean, we've already talked about that. Just because of the possibility of a bad trip, uh, I think I'm good. I really think I'm good. Um, I want to know what's going on. Yeah, maybe one day. Maybe one day you'll convince me. Uh, (laughs) We'll see. I mean, I think there's probably benefits, like I said, that you you could gain from that. Probably a lot of people could gain benefits from just being more introspective in general and and developing some self-discipline yeah so if you actually want to do it the normal way instead of the really easy dumbass way of taking drugs uh start meditating and journaling uh get up early these are things that you know you you hear people talk about but you don't ever hear the why you know why do i need to take a cold shower why do i need to journal why do i need to write why do i need to get up early this i mean there, there are so many things that people our age need to hear that I, that I wonder if we were ever taught. Here, here's the biggest problem, and it's, it's only worse now. It's, it's probably worse now than when we were growing up. iPhones, social media, TikTok now is raising children. You walk into Walmart, how many, how many times have you seen, you know, the, the 30-year-old parent, and she's got a kid in the, in the buggy, and what does he have right in front of his face? A big iPad, and he's watching YouTube or he's playing a game, they just they they dump technology and social media onto the kids, so they don't have to raise them, and so they'll shut up. Yeah, and it's, that's it's, ex- you're literally sedating your child using uh, uh, fucking malevolent dopamine hits. Um, yeah, imagine you're giving them a dopamine clicker. They click it, and they get it's literally like a morphine drip. They want it, they get it whenever they want it. So what happens? I mean, to a smaller extent, I would say this happened to us. That kid grows up with no discipline. None. They none. don't have a, none. Not a, any at all. And that discipline that is that is something that is is vital if you want to be successful in life. Mm-hmm. And most people aren't ever taught that. They're dude, not taught discipline. Dude, I saw this one fuck. Uh, he posted a video. He was uh crying, like crying his eyes out. And he was like, My boss only scheduled four people this week and like I have an eight hour shift and there's like so many customers in the store and there's what? only four of us here. And he was like crying. He was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Literally. Seriously. Yeah. And it's funny. I think he was wearing a Starbucks apron. So it's like you have four people working in a Starbucks. I can make as many cups of coffee as you want me to make. Like that fucks insane. your problem. Yeah. They don't work. They sit there on their phone. Instead of getting up and working, they choose to cry about it and make videos about how they need to go to work. Well, that's the thing. See, in, in today's age, I mean, I've kind of formulated this idea. It's certainly not new, but it makes sense to me, and I'm, I've kind of come to this sense. All of our dopamine, all of it, every single bit of it, and I'm, I'm guilty of this as well, is given to us externally. Mm-hmm. So 
when when you start imagine you start taking testosterone the minute you start taking that your body realizes oh i don't need to produce this anymore i'm going to get it externally i don't have to do anything it's the same thing with dopamine so as, as soon as we start giving ourselves dopamine from external sources like video games uh you know porn uh social media all these things we're telling our body hey we don't need to produce as much dopamine anymore because we can get it anytime we want and we don't have to have any effort for it. So what do you do as soon as you put down your phone and there's nothing else to do? You pick it right back up. You know, you get off your phone and you get off Instagram or TikTok and you're off of it for like five seconds and your brain's like, alert, I need dopamine. And then you pick it back up. Yeah. Motherfuckers don't know what it's like to actually be legitimately bored anymore. They just know like I'm not actually constantly streaming four different forms of media into my head right now. Yeah, so this is a huge, huge problem because if you go your entire day, you wake up and you turn on a podcast or a YouTube video when you're getting ready, and on the way to work you got something playing, and at work you know you're you're not really working all day. You got you're on your phone as as much as you possibly can be. On your drive home you got something playing. When you get home you you watch Netflix while you're cooking, and then when you're in bed you watch a space YouTube video for an hour that prevents you from sleeping, and and you stay up you you, you stay up longer than you should. You're consuming media all day. And it's not valuable media. It would be different if you were actually fucking spending eight hours a day reading books because then you would be, if you read, if look, if you read uh, two books a year, no, I think it's three books a year, you're already ahead of the curve. Yeah, that's insane. Three books a year. But here, let me finish my point. So if if you do that, probably 90% of people in America do that. If you If you consume all day from the time you wake up until the time you go to sleep, you're never, ever, ever, stop. You're never allowing yourself to think. You're, you're never allowing yourself to, you're not, you're not exercising your brain. You're not doing anything. You're just, you're, you're being spoon-fed. It's like Wally, and you wake up, and, and, and you're supported by the Matrix. You get all your dopamine from, from outside. So, Ideally, what a lot of people our age would need to do would be detox. Stop, stop scrolling TikTok for three hours. You know, try when you get up, don't get on your phone for an hour, something. D diminish the time, diminish the amount of time that you spend on your phone scrolling. Uh, cut back on video games. Th these are things that, I mean, it sounds so simple. It's, but it's more than that. It's more than just dopamine, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it is that, but it's... It has a wider effect than you think. There's nobody in the fucking world with any sense of individuality. They'll be like, you know what? I'm going to go get a perm, and I'm going to get some earrings, and then uh, a couple chains, and then I'll put a hat on backwards, and then uh, that, you know, I'm, I'm so unique and quirky. It's like you look like every motherfucker that exists right now. Uh, and then they, they everyone listens to the exact same music, uh, watches, does the exact same things, uh, fucking... They're the same people, and they're seeing the exact same thing on internet on the internet. So they get all recommended the same videos. They all can, they're the same person. It's a huge worker beehive that they have farmed. They're farming you. It's free. You're the product. That's what it is. So uh, get off your fucking phone. Get the hell out of fucking bed. Go work. Get money. Come home read book it's that fucking simple and your ass is just gonna never fucking do it and you'll be in hell on earth the thing is you got to ask yourself and you got to be honest 
and this is different for everybody, but ask yourself, really reflect on this question. Are you happy with your current life? Are you complacent? Do you enjoy being where you are right now? And if you're in school, you know, obviously I understand that. Like you got things going on, you're trying to develop your life that you want, but it even goes deeper than that. Are you disciplined as, are, are you as disciplined as you would like to be? Do you eat the right foods? Do you work out? These are, if you want to set yourself apart from life, 99% of people are not going to work out. They're not going to eat correctly. They're not going to be disciplined. The room is going to look like shit. And they're going to, they're never going to make anything with their life. So you have to ask yourself, are you okay with living in the small town and, and working, you know, the job that's going to never pay you more than 40, 50 K a year? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. If you are content with that, that is, that's great. But you have to ask yourself if you're content. If you really, if people are honest, I would say most people would not be content with that life. Well, there's a big reason for that. You know, if you're making above, if you're making above $36,000 a year, you're in the global top 1%. Uh, and nobody ever just takes a look around and be like, damn, I actually have it pretty fucking good. Like, actually pretty good. I have it literally everything I want. I'm in, I'm living in a world where I can, I have enough time to be addicted to a phone. It's like, dude, you're holding a magic brick in your hand. Yeah. Do you realize what the fuck's happening? And you're like, bro, dude, you don't understand though. Like I have to go, I have to go buy a fucking, a brand new challenger and finance it for 18 years. And like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you like? What are you doing? You're a fucking dumbass. So work a job, bro. I don't want to work a job. Nobody wants to work a job. Guess who works jobs? Everybody. Just it has to. to be done. Has to be done. So you have to get you, the fuck up, go get a job. You'll actually then have some money, and then maybe you'll get a place of your own, and you'll be independent and actually happy because then you can do what the fuck you want. There, there's some truth to that, but there's also an argument that I would make that this, this is why I totally disagree with people getting married at our age. I got people. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I, I don't understand that. Uh, and, and I'm not I'm not hating on anybody for doing it because, like I said, you got to ask yourself that question. So I'm not trying to tell anybody how to live. If you are content with that, most people aren't content with their life. So if you can be content with that life, then you are you're doing something right. So with that out of the way, I don't understand me personally getting married, going into debt on a house, on a car. I'm currently in debt on a car that I kind of wish I didn't do. Because now, you know, this is on a, on a small example. Uh, I am a slave to the workforce. I have to work. I don't have a choice. Now, of course, you have to work to eat and have housing. You're kind of always going to be in that predicament until you get your income up to enough. Uh, you know, if you have businesses, if you have passive income, things like that that can support you. But in a sense, you get married especially marriage is not even the thing. I'll, let me, let me retract that. If you get married at a young age, whatever, if you have a kid, if you have a kid and you're 22, kiss your life goodbye for 18 years. The kid might bring, the kid most likely, hopefully will bring joy to your life. But at the same time, you're going to be spending several hundred thousand dollars over the next 18 years trying to raise that kid. God forbid you only have one. So let me, I'll just say this. I mean, this is obvious to anybody, but don't have kids. Don't have kids until you're ready. You need to be financially and physically and, and mentally ready to have a kid. Don't just do it and then get married at 20. Yeah, literally just wrap it, bro. Just wrap it up. <laughs> That's all you got to do. And then you ain't got to 
fucking go through the shit. But a big thing I want to talk about is you mentioned you don't you have to work until you don't. But the thing is, that's only true if you're going to work some bullshit job you don't give a fuck about so that you can then do a job you actually care about because you're going to be working every day until you or until you drop dead or else you're going to go insane quite literally. You have to have something to do. You have to have something to occupy you. So would it not be smartest, most, uh, would it not bring you the most fulfillment, uh, contentment, uh, happiness if you just did what you wanted to as a job? And then no matter where, like, you're fine. Not everybody has that luxury. Most people don't have that luxury. Most people don't think that that's an option. Well, I think a lot of people set their bars way too unrealistic, unrealistically high. Like That's fair. Like, uh, so the American dream has been expanded to uh, not only, you know, you can actually go live in, a li- or live in a land where you can buy a house and own it and buy a car and own it and live in a nice neighborhood and own it and you own everything and you're doing good and you have a family and you're not at war. Like, that, that, that's what the American dream was. Now it is, uh, you can become so much, you can become so famous that you get so rich and then everybody looks at you on the internet. That's what it is. And motherfuckers every day are like, well, I want to do this. And then, like, you look up, uh, number one, or look at a chart of, uh, uh, high schoolers' most desired jobs. And it's like TikToker, YouTuber, uh, and shit like that, like Twitch streamer. Like, all these motherfuckers want to do nothing and get paid. That's not how it works. You have to find something that you like doing and then monetize that somehow. So, like, if you like fucking drawing, guess what, motherfucker? You can draw for a living. You just have to monetize it. Well, how would I do that? Uh, Literally shop around, like, keep drawing, take pictures of it, have a portfolio, shop that around to some uh, animation studios. Boom. Job. Like, yeah, it'll be hard, but guess what? You can probably get on at some indie studio making 40K, and guess what? That's enough for you to get decent credit and buy a decent house somewhere. You said people set their bars too unrealistically high. Yeah. I would say that people set it, people don't believe in themselves enough, and they don't set their bars, they set their bars too low. They think, well, all I can be... There's two different bars. Sure, that's what I'm saying, is that people people think, one, on, on the low end, well, I can never do my dream i can never be you know x if you have a dream of being a uh a chef that is i understand the odds are not in your favor but how many people are actually going to go and pursue that you know what i'm saying i mean if you want to be uh, i mean literally anything you want to own a business you want to own a restaurant you want to um the thing is people will they'll the bar i'm talking about is the uh how realistic is your goal? Like, is it realistically achievable? Not like, uh, like being a chef is one that you can develop a skill. Okay. Are you good at cooking? Yeah. Are you continually getting better? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What so the fuck's the problem? But the thing is, a lot of people, like, a lot of people will be like, dude, I want to be just like LeBron James. I want to be in the NBA. The kid's like five, six, scrawny as hell. It's like, motherfucker, it's not going to happen. What are you suited for? Like, people don't know themselves. People don't want to let them 
themselves do what they want to do because they're just not aware. One, they may not be aware of what they want to do. Two, they're not letting themselves figure out what they want to do. Three, they know what they want to do, but they're not doing it because they're afraid of doing it, even though it is realistic. Well, that's the thing is, you know, owning a business, owning a, you know, restaurant is doable. How many restaurants exist in your hometown? A lot. It's doable. Not everybody can own a restaurant. Sounds like we're making this directly for for Abram. We're not. I mean, I think Abram's on my mind, so the chef thing was an example. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not talking to him, but, you know, fair enough. Shout out Abram. This is a good example. It's doable, you know. He wants, you know, for example, Abram wants to own a restaurant. That's one of his dreams, and it's absolutely achievable, and I have no doubt that he's going to do that one day. It is, it, it's possible, you know? He thinks it's possible. It is possible. You have to be able to believe in yourself. Literally. That's literally all it is. That's, but, that's 99% but, of the battle. Okay. A big thing is, though, a lot of people today are, are horribly incompetent due to their dependence on multiple things, like a phone. Like, they don't allow themselves enough time to become uh, good at a trade or a skill which those are enjoyable in themselves. Like, people just don't know it. They're like, bro, why does that motherfucker, like, make benches and shit for a living? It's like, motherfucker, have you ever tried woodworking? That shit is fun. Shit is actually fun, and it's rewarding. And people just assume that it's cringe. It's, you, you don't want to just be looked at and get paid. That's, why do you... Americans are so obsessed with fucking celebrities and, and internet personalities. And they think that's where everybody is. It's like the cool kids table. All these dumbass motherfuckers want to go sit at it when them bitches are annoying. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's all you ever see on Instagram and social media, um, Instagram and social media, like TV, movies, Hollywood, social media, you see the absolute best parts of everyone's life portrayed only. Mm-hmm. You don't see all the negative consequences of being a celebrity. Like, I'm not saying the money's not nice and, and they that they... I would love to have their problems to some extent, but, you know, not being able to go out to the park with your kids. Like, Ronaldo was recently on a, uh, on a podcast. He, he was doing an interview, and I'm not really familiar with him at all, but, I mean, any famous person can kind of probably relate to this. That he can't go out anywhere in public with his kids and do anything normal ever. Yeah. Ever. And, you know, to some extent, that problem... He would probably pay so much money to be able to do that. You know, he would pay so much money to be able to have a normal life with his kids and yeah. take them to the park, take them to the movies, you know, push his daughter on a swing. That's something he'll never be able to do ever. Yeah, it sucks. And so everybody, everybody thinks that their normal life sucks ass when the vast majority of people's normal lives are actually the lives that they want to live and they just haven't figured out how to see the beauty in it. So that's the thing. I mean, I guess the moral of this story would be, you know, have develop some personal responsibility. Be honest with yourself. Life ain't about just getting as much money as possible. It's about being happy, and money and happiness are not one and the same. Money, I wouldn't say money buys happiness, but it can take away a lot of the a lot of the things that cause unhappiness. So I don't think Well, the that- thing is if you're paying for yourself, like if you're if you're stable, if you can pay for yourself to live, then you're fine. And then getting more money is literally just what you've been conditioned to do because you need more money. But if you don't need a fucking mansion, you don't need six cars, you don't need huge chains, you don't need a $50,000 watch, you don't even need to buy a new car every three years. Get one of them bitches that is reliable, drive that son of a bitch for 10 years because it runs. 
Yeah, I'm like not. Motherf- I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just. I'm saying that I'm not going to demonize the pursuit of money. It's hard to get money. It is, and being being wealthy is a nice thing. But that's you find fulfillment before that. Yes, I, I'm, I'm not. I agree. Yeah, if you don't have fulfillment in what you're doing, so for example, if you if you got rich, relatively rich off of something that you didn't enjoy. Is that worth it? You know? No, it's like having blood money. You're like, well, fuck. I mean, it's nice to have the money, but shit. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that goes back to what you're saying and what I'm saying is find something that you enjoy doing. Everybody has something that they really like to do. It may not be, you know, if you ranked all of your things to do, the thing that's going to make you money and you enjoy doing may not be the number one most favorite thing that you do ever. But, well, hold on. But you can do something that you enjoy to do there, there's something that you can do that you enjoy that will also make you money. Yes, but and uh, pick pick one thing that you think you might like doing and like to learn, and then focus on literally nothing else. Just aim single mindedly at that, and in a year you'll be cold as fuck at it, and then you'll be at a point where you can make money. And guess what? Since we're talking to people our age, uh, you have nothing to fucking do. You don't have shit to do. If your ass is like, bro, dude, the new Fortnite season pass just dropped, bro. Let's fucking hop on Fortnite. Bro, bro, you are a dumb fuck. I'm just, I'm sorry. Like, bro, bro, I just bought the battle pass for $20. This is probably like the $800 that I've spent on this game. It's like, you're fucking stupid. You're stupid. You're actually stupid. If you're sitting at this point in your life where you could do things and make money and find fulfillment and learn things, and become a better man, and and make the world a better place, and you're sitting on your ass playing Fortnite, no, you're not hurting anybody, but think about all the people you could help if you got up off your fucking ass. So, I mean, that's kind of one of the things I wrote down that I wanted to talk about. I mean, people our age, how much time do you think you have devoted to video games in your life? For me, it's probably in the tens of thousands of hours. Oh, easily, dude. Easily. Got, shit. Imagine, imagine if those, if half of those hours, let's say I still play video games, but for half of that, I develop, I develop, yeah, it is, it is picking up because I can see the waveform on well, here. Well, then just fucking ignore it. Imagine if half of those hours had been devoted to a skill or my passion. Think about all the time and the money that we've spent on video games that will never, ever, 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 ever get us anything in real life, ever. Ever. Yeah, I've got way too many fucking hours. I wish I had never bought... I wish I had never, ever played a video game, ever. I'm not, I'm not saying that there's not a, a fun community aspect for me, and I'm also not saying I'll never play video games again. But what I am saying is that it is not beneficial for your life as a 20, 21-year-old, 24-year-old man, I'm 24, to play multiple hours of video games every day. You're wasting your life. You have at the fingertip, at your fingertips for free, any knowledge that you could ever possibly want. Anything. Anything you want to learn, you can learn. So if you're not devoting some time every single day to try to figure out how to make yourself a little bit more money, put yourself in a better situation, teach yourself a little bit more about yourself, learn something, or just get up and fucking, like, take up painting. 
something. Just take up painting, and then you become good at painting. And then guess what? In a year, you're selling a fucking painting for money. And you didn't even start out with that goal in mind, but you just like doing it. It's those things that you need to focus on. Absolutely. It's those things that you would do for free. Yes. That you would do anyway that you can monetize. I mean, those are the exactly. best things. And it's it's... It's a shame that so many people don't realize that. I mean, we're not taught that. Our parents didn't teach us that. School doesn't teach you that. You're not taught to develop your, you know, self-discipline and try to do something with your life. So that that's my closing message is stop doing all these things that waste your time. You know what you're doing that waste your time. Try to cut that in half. Try to do something with your life and stop wasting it sitting in front of a screen. I mean, you don't want to be 70 years old looking back on how many COD games you played and how many Minecraft houses you built and blah, 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 blah. I will tell my kids about my massive Minecraft house. I'm sorry. But I will probably not talk about COD games because Minecraft is... Okay, that's one of... that's. I know we're closing. Single-player games are different from multiplayer games. Multiplayer games where the only progression you have is cosmetic and completely inconsequential. Those are time wasters. Get the fuck up. Single-player games, God of War, Last of Us, games like that. Fucking play them. Play them. Play them all day. It's like reading a book. It's like watching a movie. Anyway, yeah. Get the fuck up anyway. Get off of, get off of multiplayer video games. And if, do something with your life. Eat, eat right. Stop eating you know, the junk shit that we all eat every day. Do push-ups. Do, do something with your life. Do, do something to benefit you that will make you healthier and a better person and you want to live the longest possible amount that you can. Uh, you want to be smart. You want to be intelligent, funny, charismatic. You're not going to get that by scrolling TikTok and playing... Call of Duty. Escape from nihilism. Escape from hedonism. Uh, become better than you are. It's a good way to end. And we will catch you next time. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> toodaloo. I can't end on that. I'm not going to say toodaloo. Um, this has been a good one. It's been fun. Cringe ass. Toodaloo. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>